went back to see the same doctor. They put the old MRI up on the screen and I looked at it and what I was seeing in the old one, it was so clear to me. And he walked in to the room and I said, what do you see on this MRI? And he looked at me and he said, oh, MS. To me, it was uh, fascinating that something that should have been a, a decent diagnosis was somebody who was a super professional. They just didn't pick it up. Everyone has a story to tell, and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings, everyone. You're listening to the MS Diagnosis Journey. I'm Laura Koloskowski, your host, and with me today, I have a very special guest, Linda Kanner. Hi, Linda. Hi there. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks. I'm so thrilled that you agreed to doing this podcast episode with me because I think we can all learn about your journey. For everyone's reference, I do know Linda professionally through my work with I Conquer MS, but we've never discussed what it took for her to get her diagnosis. So to start with, Linda, can you kind of set the stage as to like the age you were and what your symptoms were that you experienced? Sure. I had a kind of interesting journey, though I don't think it's much different than than many other people, which is that that I started having symptoms in my my late 40s. And let me back up slightly. Um, MS was not a um, a stranger to me because my mother's brother, only brother, had MS, and he got early on, and he was in a wheelchair by the time he was in his early 20s. And he lived um, until through his 70s. And but he couldn't by the time he was 40, he couldn't feed himself. And um, it was, you know, this was the definitive, uh, you know, sickness in my family. So, you know, it was anytime any of us had anything that that approximated some anything that we didn't know, we always thought it might be MS. But anyway, I started having visual symptoms in my late 40s, and and I went to a very renowned um, neurological ophthalmologist who, uh, and my husband is a doctor, so it's not as though, and we're in Boston, so it's not as though we're not with resources. And so I went to see him, and at the time, he couldn't figure out what it was. And to the extent that I remember spending a full day in his office, and he said to me, when you get the symptoms, I want to see them immediately, and I want to figure out what this is, which I did, and we never never came up with a diagnosis. So I kind of went about my business um, through my 50s, and I had some twitching and some things, and I kind of said, well, that's me, but I checked it out. But then we went on a family trip when I was 60, just after my 60th birthday. And uh, we we hiked and biked and we were in Italy and we had the whole family, etc. I came back and all of a sudden my left leg started collapsing. And um, it was really clear that something was was really not right. And my husband, as I said, was a doctor. He kind of pulled it out. He said, this must be MS because we had Harvey and it was nothing we couldn't figure it out. So I went to went to the doctor, the different one, 
and and actually to somebody who specialized in MS, and he did, didn't take him long to say, yep, that's what this is. And so I didn't really know that I had it until I was like 61, 62. And at that point, I, I, you know, I started trying to connect to the MS community. And that's when I got first involved with, um, with ACP and I Conquer MS because I was at the time I was semi-retired from running companies, but I was I was teaching at Babson, and I had a bunch of people from the community to mentor students, and one of them was Art Miller, who was the founder of ACP. And when he mentioned MS, I kind of went up to him, and that was the beginning of the love story with ACP. And for those of you who are not familiar, ACP is the Accelerated Cure Project for Multiple Sclerosis, which has been around in the greater Boston area for over 15 years now and was started by Art, who, as Linda mentioned, also had MS. And Linda's not mentioning that she also is a Harvard grad and has high credentials in the business world and lended her support the ACP as chairman of their board and has been an active supporter of what we try to do in the MS community. So Linda, in listening to your story, I hear, even though you were very knowledgeable about MS and what it looked like and what symptoms might be because of the experience with um, your uncle, and you say MS was not a stranger, you still went from your late 40s all the way to 60 without a diagnosis. So right. How do we attribute that? Is that like that smoldering MS that we hear about or benign MS, which I think really is not such a thing? I, I, that, I, that I don't know. And I, I obviously I am one of the super lucky ones because although there are parts of me that don't, don't feel so good all the time, um, I've never lost my, my ability, my mobility or my ability to walk. So it's never progressed and it may well be that the disease modifying therapies got me, you know, when I needed it or or not. I don't know. Yeah, because I just find that fascinating that um, even though you knew it and the doctors knew it and your husband was a doctor and he knew it, you still spent almost 20 years without a diagnosis of MS. Right, right. So people who are listening to this, we're hoping are people who also have those strange symptoms that they wake up and say, what could it be? And unlike you, they don't have personal reference points like your uncle, but maybe conferring with Dr. Google. And all of a sudden they say, oh, I have a mess. Do you have advice for people who might be on that journey of what they should be looking for or what their next step should be? Well, I think the the advice that I would have, you know, you can you can. Um, you know, extrapolate from what I said, is that you really have to trust your own instincts that something's wrong. And that that sometimes, in, and in fact, the interesting piece of this, this puzzle is that I went back to see this same doctor for another reason, maybe five years ago. And when I was totally into the MS journey. And I knew that I had it and I was being, I was taking medications, et cetera, et cetera. They put the old MRI, I just had an MRI and they were, they were comparing MRIs. He put the old MRI up on the screen that I could see while I was waiting for him, he was seeing patients. And I looked at it and it was so clear to me what I was seeing in the old one. 
and he walked in to the room and I said to him, and uh, I, uh, I'll, you know, make it up. But I said, you son of a, you know what? And I said, what do you see on this MRI? This old one. And he looked at me and he said, oh, MS. I said to him, I sat in your office all day long. This was my old, and, and it took us another 10 years plus in order to come up with a definitive diagnosis after you claimed you didn't see anything. So it was, to me, it was a fascinating that something that should have been a, a decent diagnosis was somebody who was a, a super professional. They just didn't, didn't pick it up. You know, I guess the advice in some of this is that if you if you think something's wrong and and the the quote experts, you know, tell you you're fine, you keep going and finding another expert because there's nothing better than your own instincts when you when you don't feel good, there's something wrong. I am absolutely blown away by that, Linda, that you could look as at a layperson a trained layperson in MS at your old MRI and see it and point it out to the doctor who could say, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, <laughs> so that is something else. Um, for people on this journey, I know oftentimes they don't know where to look or how to find that professional, especially people who are located in rural areas or don't have access to the resources such as you had. Do you have any advice for them? Well, I think it's easier now than it was 20 years ago. I mean, the internet and the, um, you know, and, and it is that you can find all kinds of things. And, you know, obviously I come from an educated, informed background and I know tech, you know, et cetera. But I believe that pretty much everybody out there has figured out some use of the internet at this point and have access, even if they don't have it in their own home, they have it in the library or in the, you know, in their kid's school or whatever it is. But my advice really is if you think something's wrong, something's wrong. And that that you should not be, quote, reassured by the experts because there's nobody who's more expert in your body than you are. And if something is not feeling right, you just push. And there's there's nobody listening to this that that doesn't have the kind of resources in their medical insurance or whatever to insist on other consults to to track it down until you actually get satisfaction that that which you feel is wrong has been identified what it is because this is a this is a sneaky disease and you can sit in a room with 20 people who have ms and it appears differently to everybody who's sitting in that room I think we've certainly heard that for the listeners of this podcast through our 30 plus episodes we've done now, that everyone looks a little bit different. But I'd like to just remind everyone that you've been listening to Linda Canner in the greater Boston area. She talked about how she was super lucky that her parts of MS stayed relatively benign through her course of her diagnosis over almost 20 years. But she urges all of you to not not count on being lucky yourself and to be your own advocate. And if you know that you have something wrong, to trust your instinct and follow that instinct. So Linda, do you have any final words for us? No, I mean, I think that that symptoms and your body changes over time. I'm in the process of tracking down some major pain issues right now. And for people who say to me, well, it's not MS, I kind of shake my head and say, I'm not in the it's not game. I want to know what it is. 
So my take is that even though you might feel like you're being annoying to your doctors, you're supposed to respect um, everybody's, you know, education. And if you're the one who's the expert on you, and if you think something's wrong, you just keep pushing and you go wherever you have to go until you get an answer that satisfies you. 